Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com. It is a Pewter post-game show and a joyous Pewter post-game show because finally the Bucks have won a game for the first time in over a month. They have ended their losing streak. They are now 4-5 and five on the season after defeating the Tennessee Titans by a score of 20-6, to six, and everything is in front of them. They are still in the divisional race, especially after the Saints losing today. And, uh, Scott, you are live from Raymond James Stadium. I'm Matt Matera, by the way. That's SR Scott Reynolds. Scott, how are we feeling after a Bucks victory? You know, it's it's been a minute, right? It's actually been more than a minute. It's been a long time since the Buccaneers have, have won a game. Not just uh, any game, but a game at Raymond James Stadium, too, right? It's, it's, uh, yeah. it, it's, it's certainly a weight lifted off this team's shoulders, for sure. I thought that, that – um, Really, both coaches did, did a really good job. Todd Bowles with the defense, Steve Canales with the offense. And um, the, the players really rebounded well from that Houston loss last week that, that really could have easily spilled over into this week. But the rule of, of thumb is you can't let a team beat you twice. And I thought that, that uh, and Todd Bowles even said it after the game, the leadership on this team made sure this team stuck together throughout the four-game losing streak, and through that horrible loss last week at Houston. And, and Matt, as you mentioned, right, the, the NFC South division is still there for the taking right now as we're, as we're going live here after the, the Bucs uh, beat the, um, the Tennessee Titans 20-6. to The Atlanta Falcons are playing the Arizona Cardinals right now. You mentioned the New Orleans Saints losing today to the Minnesota Vikings. And, and Eric now, Carr left that game early, too. James correct, West finished yeah. that game. So the Saints have a lot of questions. Their wide receivers get yeah. arrested every single week, and now they don't have their starting quarterback. Yeah. So yeah. the Saints got a lot of issues going on. They really do, Matt. And you look at the Saints are now, uh, what, 5-5 five and five on the season? Yeah. The Falcons are 4-5, and five, and, and we'll see what, what transpires uh, later today. And, and, of course, the Buccaneers are 4-5 and five right now, too. So – uh, the, the division is there for the taking the good thing for the Buccaneers and they'll, they'll probably lose next week, right? At San Francisco. Yeah. That's something we've talked about for a long time now, but you put that game aside and there's so many winnable games down the stretch, including these divisional games. It's critical that they go back to Atlanta and steal that victory that the Falcons took from them here at Raymond James stadium. Yes. It's critical that they sweep the saints with, uh, with, with that game later this year here at Raymond James stadium. And then if they can uh, do what they're supposed to do, just sweep the Panthers. This could be just like last year. That's something Mike Evans said at the podium. Yes. It's kind of like last year where, where if you hang in it long enough, you can win this division at the end, and it's still there for the taking for this Buccaneer team. Yeah, we'll talk more about Mike because he had one of the oddest games <laughs> of yes. his career. Because uh, you look at the style and you're like, wow, he played great. Over 100 yards, a touchdown, and then yeah. – you, you watch the game and you see the number of drops that he had and yeah. definitely a bit of a concern. But we got a super chat. Uh, thank you to Zach Jarvis for the four ninety nine super chat. 
Uh, it says, yeah. we just needed one more completion from Levis, Matt. Uh, would have won $1,000, LOL. Woo, man, man. Uh, sorry, Zach. Um, had a lot of good tough. picks today with NFL and the player props and, and the Bucks yeah. as well. Uh, sorry you didn't win that 1000 but, uh, you know, it's credit to the Bucks defense. I think that's really the story of this for, yeah. for as bad as the Bucks defense was last week. We saw a couple of tweaks, a couple of things that we've really asked Big for time. as well, too. Yes. And, you know, Scott, you and I talked about it throughout the week. Josh Capo and I talked about it on the uh, the game day show. Yeah. We need to see more consistent, sustainable pressure from yeah. the Buccaneers. And we really want yeah. to see it from their outside linebackers. It That's wasn't right. always from the front four. Devin White had a great day blitzing-wise. Um, you know, yes. Anthony Winfield Jr. was in the mix. But as far – and I get it. It's Will Levis, rookie quarterback, third career game. Right. Bad, bad offensive line by the Titans. But yep. Kalijah Kansi, Yaya, Diaby, Shaq Yaya, Barrett. Diaby. A lot yeah. of these guys were in the face of Will Levis, Billy Jeans, time after yeah. time after time. And we've asked for that for weeks now. They were just disruptive. Vita Vea had a sack. Shaq had a yep. sack. Kalijah Kansi was in the mix. Joe Tryon uh, Tranka still ain't doing nothing. Besides right. going on sides, but yeah, really loved what I saw just from a pressure standpoint by the Bucks today. And finally, finally, that pressure led to an interception by a starter in the secondary. It took them five different times with the ball up yeah. in the they could not come down with it. But that's right. Finally, Antoine Winfield Jr. uh took one down. Yeah, and I think it started on first down. I had a chance to talk to Todd Bowles exclusively after this game. And and he said it started on on first down, right? And and getting the Titans behind the sticks, be off schedule with with a young quarterback, that's really crucial. And they were able to do that. You look at, at Derrick Henry, uh, just a masterful job by the Bucks defense. Henry finished yes. with uh, eleven carries for twenty four yards, and it also had a four yard loss on on his lone catch of the day. So. They made it a concerted effort. You see Yaya, Yaya Diaby here with, with one of his two tackles for loss. He also had a sack in the game, which was yep. his second of the season. This is a guy that's really coming on, right? So they had a total of 10 tackles for loss today, Matt, 10. Yes. The Bucks came into this game averaging three tackles, per, um, three tackles for loss per game. They more than tripled that today with 10. And Levante David had two. Kalijah Kansi had two, Devin White had one, Shaq Barrett had one, two for Yaya Diaby, Joe Tryon Shoinka had one, and Vita Vey had one. So uh, they really did a great job of living in the backfield today. Yes. And honestly, this, this is the game plan they should have used last week in, in Houston. I know C.J. Stroud is a better quarterback than Will Levis. I know he started more games. He's got more experience. But you have to pressure young quarterbacks. You have to – uh, you know, to sell out sometimes and, and play man coverage. And you know what? Zion McCollum and Jamel Dean played man coverage today. Jamel Dean, was, lot. Jamel Dean was tremendous against DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, first of all, tremendous. there should have been two offensive pass interference penalties on DeAndre Hopkins yes. with Jamel Dean covering him. But nonetheless, they it, still got the stop. Exactly. So it wasn't even, you know, that type of situation where you had to complain about it. Jamel Dean, we've yeah. given, given him some uh, criticism this season. He yeah. was this was best game Great of the game. season. He was fantastic yeah. against DeAndre Hopkins. Three catches, 27 yards today, right? The, the Titans only had one play more than 20 yards, and that was that 29-yard catch and run screen. The screen play by Phillips, yeah. right? Where he he followed his blockers and did a great job. Uh, as you mentioned, Winfield mm -hmm. finally came down with the interception. That'll help him get to the Pro Bowl. Um, he now yeah. has filled out every box in the stat sheet other than safety and defensive touchdown. Maybe that's coming later this year. <laughs> But um, but really, it just Kalijah Canty. Now we've seen his impact. Um, and I was talking to Kalijah after the game, and, and these tackles for loss, when you get tackles for loss, and these were impactful. This is not just like a one-off play, right? These are tackles for loss that led to to punts, right? These are tackles for loss on first and second down that led to errant throws for on third down or third down passes that are short of the sticks. These are like sacks. Yes. You know, the, the, these when you have that many and you slow down the running game, those tackles for losses are essentially sacks. And and they did a phenomenal job playing team defense. And I'd say what I, I give Todd Bowles a lot of credit 
I criticized him sharply last week. He deserved every bit of, of criticism. But for deploying Devin White the way that he did today, mm -hmm. De Devin White is, is a player that, that honestly is not good in coverage. He just still isn't. But when you say go attack the line of scrimmage, and, and he and Levante David were, were double mugging the A-gaps an awful lot. Mm -hmm. One of them was dropping. One of them was coming. Sometimes they were both coming. It gets Devin doing what he does best. And, and it's kind of frustrating that, that, that it kind of took as long as it did. Um, but, but maybe the light switch has come on a little bit with, and, and they've, they've knocked off this, uh, you know, cover three quarters, uh, spot drop the linebacker, mm -hmm. soft zone coverage, because this is what it can look like when you allow this Buccaneer defense to attack, get after the quarterback. And uh, we saw some really kind of funky, interesting formations. We saw Vita oh, yeah. line up at defensive ends. Yeah. To get this sack. Elijah Cansey, I think. You know, when you look at the uh, at, at, at the all 22, you're going to see him line up at defensive end, maybe even more than he did defensive tackle today in their four man front. They they went an awful lot with with uh, Yaya Diaby at one yes. defensive end, um, Kalaja Kansi at the other, Vita Vea and Logan Hall in the middle. That, that's that's a pretty big, strong, fast mm -hmm. lineup right there of four down defenders that really gave the Tennessee Titans fits, especially in the second half. Yeah, I love seeing those little tweaks. Maybe it's just because I don't like watching Joe Tryon Shayinka and I like having Yaya Diaby <laughs> yeah. in the game a little bit more. And that was fun to see. That's something we've been asking for. Devin just playing better. It, it, it makes it – when he plays like he did today, Devin White is so much yeah. fun to watch. When he's running around yeah. like his hair is on fire, getting after the yeah. quarterback. What's just frustrating is you want to see that from Devin every single week. And you know what? Right. That got me thinking about when Devin was asked this week. He was asked about how would you assess your play. And essentially he said, "Yeah, I'm just doing what is called for me. So he was kind of like taking a little bit of a shot at, at Todd Bowles. And right. I think that was Devin's way of saying, hey, man, like let me just run and let me just get after the quarterback. So yeah. I hate that <laughs> – whether it was like benching Luke Etike last season or playing man to man today or yeah, getting just Devin slow Blitzing to come more. around. Right. I, I hate that. We almost have to like <laughs> berate Todd Bowles at our weekly press conferences to get him yeah. to make those changes. But when he finally gets around to making those changes, it's absolutely for the better. So I absolutely yeah. love the little tweaks that we got. If Devin can continue to play like this, I still don't think he should get the, the contract that, yeah. that he wants, but Devin will help himself out so much more just with a consistent level yeah. of play. And Kalijah Kansi is really, really so coming on. I mean, he's still so good. an infant playing yes. in the NFL with all the time that he missed. And he is, and Todd Bolson said this before, disruptive. He is turning. Yeah. He's not a game wrecker yet, but his imprint is all that. over that game. He is, yeah, he's going to get there sooner rather than later. This is a very yeah. Todd Bowles style of game, you know? Yeah. Like, the offense yes. didn't – Baker, Baker had the interception early in the game. That was an arm punt. Yeah. I really have no issues yeah, with that yes. at all. <laughs> it really uh, was. You know, it was third and long. They weren't in field goal range. Whatever. You try taking a shot. But this was a Todd Bowles game. You lead yeah. with your defense. The defense gets stops. The offense takes advantage of situations. And then you have a two-touchdown lead, and you're essentially just milking the clock. So very yeah. much a Todd Bowles recipe of uh, – of a victory today. And we got a super chat from Bucks basement. Thank you for the four ninety nine super chat Bucks basement who says, sorry, but I'd rather lose the division because I want bowls fired. And if we win this future division, he stays and bucks are going nowhere with him as head coach. You know, it's interesting. Uh, don't quote me on this and we'll see, we'll see how they finish out. I, I'm, I'm kind of talking at a turn here a little bit, but let's suppose they win the division. Uh, I think that lasers need to see some progress and, and that, that might mean that might mean a playoff win, right. In terms of progress. Uh, I mean, if, if you're going to set the standard and expectations are going to be high and you win the division, let's say you win it at nine and eight. So you win one more game, you get a home playoff game and you lose that. Um, we've seen Tony Dungy fired after, after, uh, you know, three straight years of, of playoff berths in 99, 2000, 2001. We've seen John Gruden get fired uh, after going nine and seven 
in a season, not making the playoffs, but he, he had just been signed to a multi-year contract extension that yeah. year, Matt. <laughs> so we've seen the Glaziers, uh, when they feel the time is right to make a change, whether it's an easy call like like Lovey Smith, right, finishing 6-10, and 10, or uh, Raheem Morris in that, that memorable 4-12 and 12 season where he lost the last 10 games of the road. Those are easy, easy calls to make, Matt. But we've also seen the Glaziers – Make some really tough calls too, and and uh, I think for Todd Bowles to 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 really stay off the hot seat, and uh, you know, and and kind of to piggyback on on this question here, do you guys think Todd Bowles is still on the hot seat? That, that defense is great today. Yeah, I, I think he is, only because they're still four and five, right? Yeah. And guess what? They're going to be four and six after losing to the 49ers on Sunday. And if they win, I mean, I'll be surprised and and pleasantly surprised for you Buccaneer fans and Peter people out there. Um, but the 49ers are, are a good team. They beat a really good Jacksonville Jaguars team today. And I know they, they had like a little, they, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're good. So to expect the Buccaneers are going to go out there and win next week. You know, I don't see that I was wrong today. Happy to admit I was wrong. Um, but, but Matt, um, they're, if, if they're four and six next year, or I mean, next year, next week, He's still back to where he was entering this game, which is yeah. two games under 500. So, yeah, he's still in the hot seat. And, again, it's just crazy because they'll still be in contention. I mean, like I said, right. the Vikings <laughs> the Vikings beat the Saints today. The Cardinals just scored a touchdown. They're only down two against Atlanta. We'll yeah. see how that game finishes up. But, uh, yeah, hot potato of not wanting to win the uh, the division is, is <laughs> alive and well. <laughs> Nobody wanting yeah. to win it. Uh, let's get a super yeah. chat from Trustin Borbeck who says – uh, I've said this before. Thank you for the 499 Super Chat, by the way. I've said this before, but it needs to be said again. Will Canales ever try a new run play instead of inside zone? We have no creativity at all. Trust and I appreciate the uh, the Super Chat, but uh, respectfully, yeah. I'm, I'm going to disagree. They ran an end around today with Devin Tompkins. They've been fairly successful when they've done that, and we, mm -hmm. we asked for him to do it again, and he yeah. did. Um, they had a couple pitches with Rashad White. If you want to argue that the run game still isn't formidable and isn't doing much. You have a fair argument there, but I think at this point yeah. of the season, after nine games, it is what it is with the run game. They're going to average yeah. around 70 to 80 yards a game. I think they ended up with 77 today, and a couple yeah. of those came from a Baker Mayfield scramble. The run game's just not that good, but Dave Canales yeah. is going to stick with it. And to be fair, the run game was all right at the end when all they wanted to do was – you know, milk the clock and then and, and keep the keep the yeah. minutes ticking in the fourth quarter. So, yeah, it, it is what it is. It's it's yeah. not great by any means. It's not as bad as it was a couple of weeks ago. But uh, you know, just kind of eh, when I think about the yeah, I'd, I'd like to see them do some more off tackle stuff, right? I mean, as as Watt says, uh, hit the hit that five hole. Yeah, I'd like to see him a little bit more variation of that. At the same time, though, I um, you know, Peter, people don't want to hear this. Um, but it's the truth. The only time you're really going to get better during the season at the run game is in games. Because yeah. how many times, Matt, you're out there at practice, they're not even wearing pads. Yeah, right? you can't touch um, the running back. The it, lineman exactly. can't actually no, block. Like, yes. What are you really getting from it? Yeah, they're going three-quarter speed. It's mostly just alignment assignment. It's, you know, it's hand placement. It's technique work. It's not physical, right? And the Tennessee Titans have got a damn good physical, hard-charging oh, yeah. defensive line yes. led by Jeffrey Simmons, who wrecked a couple plays today. So I think what what Canales was trying to do, and Matt, correct me if I'm wrong uh, with how you see it, it's like we have a 14-point lead, guys. We're going to work on some running plays. And, and if they don't work, if we only get two yards rather than four or six, at least we're we're milking that game clock. We're doing our job right by by chewing off time and giving Levis less chances yes. to, to come back, less time on the clock, et cetera. But now that we're in position with the lead, we're going to work on some of these run plays. And what better work to get than against a really formidable Jeffrey Simmons-led defensive line? And, you know, two yards is better than no yards, right? It's not as good as four yards, but we'll slam it up in there. And, and I think for Rashad, too, it's like, there's going to be some times where this team is going to have a lead. They're going to have to finish a game yeah. with some of those hard-charging two- and three-yard runs to milk the clock and to, to take time off. And that's why they did it today. It was it was predictable at the end, but, I, but that's, that's the reason why.
Yeah, and Todd Bowles even mentioned that where, like, yeah, not every run by Rashad was great, but, like, he was physical and, and it wears down their defense to a degree. Yeah, served I a had, purpose. Yeah, I, exactly. Served a purpose. I had no issue with how they, you know, how they ran the ball, how they ran their offense later in the game. They even tried something yeah. a little bit different. They kind of, like, Baker flipped it to, yeah. to Rashad White and, you know, a little bit different than just handing it off and say, go off the yeah. middle. When you have a 14-point lead, you just got to make sure you don't get – in your own way. And yeah. so I had no issues with them running the ball. The defense was playing great. You got to force Will Levis to try to beat you in that situation down 14. You made the right. Titans kill two of their timeouts on, on one of those drives. So yeah, um, yeah, I, I thought it was done very well. And you know, you go and run, run, then you'll do a safe pass. And right. While Baker's been great, like not turning the ball over too much. I still like at, times i do worry like oh here comes the interception here comes the the crazy play right. and baker does get a lot of tipped passes yeah it happened again today and he had to jump right. and, and knock it down so you just eliminate that risk completely if you run it twice and then you know do a short pass or whatever it is so yeah no I, issues I would at say, all how they ran it i would say if i'm gonna nitpick dave canales a little bit right in terms of what he called today or didn't call i think only getting rashad white two touches in the passing game yeah, and one uh, was, was pretty big, right? <laughs> and and one was huge, right? I mean, it's like let's run this one again, right? I mean, yeah, let's try some more screens. Uh, screens are not necessarily trick plays like end arounds. You can do them more than once, right? You can run a screen to the left side, run a screen to the right, run a middle screen. Um, there, there's nothing in the NFL rule book that says once you've run a screen that you can't run it again. And yeah, we saw the open field ability once again for Rashad White, who. He had a 43-yard touchdown a week after having a 33-yard catch and run right against Houston, Matt. So here you've yeah. got two majorly explosive plays in the passing game for Rashad White uh, where I want to see the ball in his hands more in space. He was targeted three times. He had two catches for 47 yards. Uh, what would have happened with, say, two or three more catches? We'll never know, but yeah. but maybe maybe you design some of those, those throws those little outlet passes to get him in space one-on-one -on -one where he can do some damage rather than slamming it up in there because that is kind of a safe pass, Matt, like you were talking about. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Maybe instead of running the ball, you know, in the, in midway through the fourth quarter for two yards, maybe try a little dump off pass, uh, a yeah. really quick throw to Rashad, where it ends, ends up going for 12, right? It just, you're making Rashad White more productive in that situation. A million percent. I also like when they do a little play action screen pass. That's like even like creativity yes. on top of creativity with uh, yep. with the screen pass. And I'm absolutely with you. I mean, Rashad has proved it at this point. Again, say what you will about the running game. But, you know, this is the third time in a row he's been so effective as a yep. receiver. So it, it two games in a row with the 100 scrimmage yards, it's like, all right, nice. Like it's it's a trend. He's doing it every single week now. And yeah. He's become such a factor in this offense. He's their third weapon. You may yes. even make a case that he's your second weapon, and then you have Chris Godwin to, to fill in the yeah. blanks here and there. Because it, it really is all Mike, Chris, and Rashad. Yeah. And that's it. You know, like Trey Palmer had the really nice catch. Yeah. It didn't count, unfortunately. Yeah. Kate Otten, I'm not going to bank on him having a game like he did against the Texans with the two touchdowns yeah, That was there. more of the outlier, right? Exactly. Kind of came back down to earth today, two catches, 10 yeah, yards, et cetera. Way more of the outlier. And I'm not knocking Trey Palmer or Kate Otten. It's, again, it's yeah. just – it is what it is um, at, at this right. moment with the Bucks' offense. And they still scored 20 points. Scott, I have to ask you, though, before I forget, what yeah. was the reaction in the press box when Tristan Wirfs picked up the ball and started running? <laughs> uh, everyone started like kind of laughing, you know, it's like yeah. <laughs> big man with the ball. Right. Yeah. Um, but the incredible thing is when you watched the replay of it, first of all, it, it's like a scoop and score type thing. It's not like it he, he's falling on it. Like most linemen, they're going to try to fall on it like a hand grenade. Right. That, that's kind of what you're coached to do. Yeah. Tristan's an athlete. He's like, Oh no. He's like, no, no, I'm not falling on this. I'm going to scoop and score this thing. So he immediately scoops it. 
and then goes to tuck it, then throws a stiff arm. Right? Yeah. So, um, I think he's very disappointed. I didn't have a chance to talk to him after the game, but I think he's very disappointed that he did not get his first carry because that would have counted as as rushing yards yeah. for Tristan Wirfs. Um, but but maybe with him showing what he can do, uh, maybe Dave Canales puts a package in um, down the goal line. I don't know. He's probably better off at left tackle. I'm yeah. just saying. But that that would but, be yeah, so. That would be so awesome. Uh, I like. I knew the play wasn't going to count. Clearly, Baker was down, but I wanted it to count so badly just so he could add to his Hall of Fame resume that he has like a couple of rushing yards and his average yards per rushing attempt is yeah. like through the roof. But anyway, yeah. I just I was curious to get your opinion on that. Uh, we got a five dollar super chat from yeah. Furu Kawab. Thank you for this super chat. Who says we're heading into Week Ten, and yet yeah. uh, here we are with Ryan Neal still starting at safety. Why? Yeah, this is really interesting. Uh, so, you know, it, uh, we weren't in Houston, right? We're watching the game on television. So you're limited to what we can see on, on the television broadcast. Uh, we had three pewter reporters at the stadium today. And one of the first things I noticed was, was the platooning that was going on. On a down-in, down-out basis, Todd Bowles making plenty of substitutions. Ryan Neal was in for one play. He was out for one play. Dee Delaney was in, right? I think we even saw Christian Izzian playing safety maybe a couple plays because okay. i saw there was a player too where both delaney and neil were out um but yeah it was i mean a constant platooning and and i thought that was good and it wasn't just to keep guys fresh it was situational substitutions it was we're going to deploy this play we're going to de deploy this package on defense so it was not really having much to do with the weather. It was hot today. I mean, it's November in Florida. It's going to be hot. But uh, today was like ridiculously hot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but Matt, what we saw was we saw a lot of of just situational. Okay, it's it's a potential passing down. We're going to get Ryan Neal off the field and put D. Delaney in. And so I was very cognizant of that watching those situational substitutions. I think when you do snap counts tomorrow, Matt, you're going to see that that uh, D Delaney's probably outsnapped uh, Ryan Neal when it's all said and done, and a lot of that was done situationally. Of course, Will Levis can throw the ball in first down or second down if he chooses. Right, it doesn't have to be just third down. But I think they looked at it and said, "When are the Titans going to run the ball more likely?" Right, when, when are we going to see Derrick Henry get yep. the ball? Probably on first down. Ryan Neal's in the game, right? And and then when when are they more than likely going to throw the ball? Uh, it's second and 14. Derrick Henry was tackled for a four-yard loss. All right, D. Delaney, you're in. Ryan Neal, you're out. And, and that's what we saw a lot today. Yeah, and, and all the big moments late when you knew the Titans had to throw the ball yes. when they were down yep. two scores, when they were down 14. It was all D. Delaney in the game. He had a pass breakup as well, came close yep. to getting an interception, which one of those plays where the receiver really became the defender on the play. So, yeah, uh, another little uh, implementation for uh, a little bit of a tweak again by by Todd Bowles, and hopefully we, we continue to chat, see it. Lucas, yeah, thank you, uh, thank you to Lucas for this four ninety nine super chat. He says, "Take all of JTS's snaps and give them to Yaya and mm -hmm. Watts." Also, do you think Antoine Winfield Jr. will make first team All Pro? Great question. First of all, yeah, shout out to Marquise Watts because yeah. late in the game, it was him and Cam Gill, and we've seen Cam Gill in this like spot situation before yeah. where he gets a couple snaps. That was one of the first opportunities for Marquise Watts yes. and was fantastic. I mean, he set he up great. the interception by Antoine Winfield yeah. Jr. I, I, you're right. I was incorrect. I said it was Yaya Diaby. It was actually Marquise Watts that that hit Will Levis as he was throwing. So, yeah, um, I, I thought he played great. Um, behind the scenes, we're hearing that Marquise Watts is really coming on, like really coming yeah. on. And so he helped us cause today. With with some with some really good rushes and and situations, and uh, he's going to be a, a guy that I think is is going to be moving up the depth chart here a little bit. I, I I think that and maybe not this year, but next year I think he's going to make this team, and and I think I think he could be a factor for this team down the stretch and certainly for next year. He's a good I player. I would love to see that because I mean he was a game wrecker in the preseason. I get it, it's preseason you're going against fourth and fifth string guys, but like he was after the quarterback every single play. So I love that he finally gets an opportunity, immediately yeah. hits Will Levis, and it creates a turnover. I would love to see you know I, he doesn't need to get twenty snaps or whatever. But I would love to see right. just like five snaps every game. You know, on a third down situation where you know they're going to rush the passer. I would yeah. love to have Marquise Watts for like five plays and let's see what yeah. he can do uh, in that time. Cause I think, uh, 
He's uh, definitely he he's earning it. You know, uh, we even yeah. heard you know Luke Gedicki has praised Marquise Watch for it, yeah. it, you know uh, mimicking the the opposing pass rusher that Gedicki's going to go against yeah. that week, and said that he's done uh, a really good job with that. So I'm I'm Team he, Marquise yeah. Watts, man. The interesting thing about what Gedicki told us, Matt, was that Watts is his go-to guy for getting Gedicki ready because Watts plays hard and physical. He's a very physical dude for 250 pounds, like strength, like physical, like slam into you physical. But he also has got suddenness and quickness, so he can really get Luke geared up to play those speed-fast uh, edge rushers, as well as the power guys as well. And so, yeah, I think Marquise Swatts. And he had one of those 13 quarterback hits. Today. Yeah. 13 quarterback hits are well, Levis. Levis was sacked four times, hit 13. The Bucks defense had 10 tackles for loss and dropped probably, what, three interceptions, but finally caught yeah. one. So. <laughs> and yeah. to answer um, the, the second part of the question about Antoine Winfield yeah. Jr., I think he has all the talent and caliber in the world yeah. to be uh, all pro. I don't know the stats of some of the other safeties he'll be in contention with. Obviously, the yeah. interception helps. If he can get a couple of more this season, I see no reason why he wouldn't be uh, all pro because he's he's doing yeah. everything for this defense. I think really in in the, the NFC, right, the guys you're looking at for Pro Bowl, all pro, the name guys. Now, Jesse Bates, right, he's got that reputation coming from the AFC to the NFC. I don't know where he is with interceptions, but he had three like in the first two games of the season. And, um, you know, stats, you know, they're, they're for losers. Stats matter, however you want to look at it. But stats get you in the Pro Bowl. Stats get you they in know. the Hall of Fame. Stats get you contracts. They get you all pro, you know, votes and stuff. So uh, it's, you know, do you fill out the stat sheet? And now Antoine Winfield Jr. does fill out the stat sheet in that important interception column if you're a defensive back. I think the other guys um, – you know, the, the 49ers safety, um, Hufanga, I think he's yes. he's in the mix because yes. he's yes. been yes. in the Pro Bowl before, as well as Quandre Diggs um, up there in Seattle. I think, you know, he's a he's a regular in the Pro Bowl, so by reputation alone, and he's a good player too. But those are the guys Winfield will kind of be, you know, going head-to-head against. Uh, if there was a ranking for all-pro energy drinks – I think Celsius – actually, I don't think. I know Celsius yeah. would be number one. Make Celsius your number one pick. Shout out to Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com. There's so many awesome flavors. Make sure you check out the Oasis vibe. The uh, Cosmic vibe is a new one as well, and you see all the great flavors there too, from the peach mango to the sparkling orange, sparkling watermelon, sparkling wildberry. The list goes on and on and on. Shout out to the Arctic vibe as well there's no sugar there's no uh post energy drink crash or jitters that you may get with another product out there so if you want to know want to find out where to get a celsius go to the store locator on their website punch in your address and i'll tell you the closest geographical location where you can pick one up it could be a walmart a 7-eleven a health and fitness store say it or it might just be your <laughs> bodega bodega shout out to all the bodega shout out to everyone that goes to bodegas to pick up celsius and if you want more, you want to get in bulk, that's when you go to Amazon, click on the subscribe and save, and uh, you can have Celsius sent to uh, your residence whenever you want. I'd recommend getting that variety pack. It's variety of spice of life. You heard me talk about all the great flavors. But yeah, have it sent to your residence uh, via Amazon whenever. It could be a week, month, quarterly, yearly. You're in charge. You're the captain. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius energy drinks. Make Celsius your number one pick, the official energy drink of pewterreport.com yep that's great stuff um you know what's also great is tomorrow we're going to be doing um a victory monday podcast which is cool because you know we haven't done one of those since what, september yeah i think october but 1st yeah yeah october 1st okay it's been it's been a minute right so what else, what else is great about monday's shows is we do this thing called roll that's right. Yeah, roll call is so much fun. It's just a great oh, way that funny. we can further interact with uh, with our fans, the Peter people. Uh, you just put in the chat where you are watching the show from. We'll throw it up on the screen. And each show, we like to uh, give a little shout out to people watching both in Florida, in the United yeah. States, and internationally as well. So maybe yeah. you will get picked on tomorrow's show. Yeah. For, it, it's uh, what makes Monday shows like so good, right? Because uh, it's it's going to be a double whammy, right? Because you have roll call tomorrow at four twenty, 
and it's a victory Monday show. So yes. we're, we're all excited about that. Absolutely. Uh, we got another super chat and then I want to talk a little bit about Mike Evans too. Um, yeah. Furu Kwab, thanks again for another super chat for the $5 super chat says, be honest guys, how brutal is the next game against the 49ers mm-hmm. going to be? In my honest opinion, I think it is going to be another blowout. I think the Bucs mm-hmm. are going to get absolutely yep. walloped, demolished, whatever word you want to use. I think it's going to be absolutely ugly. And I think it's going to go both ways. I think the defense is not going to be able to stop the 49ers, especially with Debo Samuel back. And I would be very surprised if the Bucs scored at least 20 points in this game. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be lopsided. I don't think they, they match up well with the 49ers. They don't. Or that play calling. Because, again, you saw it with yeah. the Texans. The Texans have yes. guys from that 49ers staff, and they put up 39 points with a rookie quarterback. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's check this out. Mobbing for Christ 30 here says, just started taking Celsius two weeks ago. It's definitely the real deal. I glide through work, especially being outside. That's awesome. We love to hear that. Yes. You know? and it, it really is, man. I, I've given up coffee. I'll have coffee maybe twice a month, and it's usually after you know, like breakfast, uh, just if I want like the taste of coffee, but I have a Celsius every single day to start my day. And it's usually an orange or Oasis vibe. Um, sometimes I'll have one in the afternoon, whether it's Oasis vibe, that lemon lime, it's just, it's a fantastic energy drink. It really is. Yeah. Great flavor. You know, you have it ready to go. So, uh, yeah, it's great to start your morning. Like you wake up yeah. and you just crack one open and, uh, off you go. Instant energy. The brain's firing. It's, it's fantastic. Paul, a.k.a. Florida Dreamhouse, says, pay Evans, sign Baker, throw to White more often, get Godwin more involved, watch the magic happen. Yeah, so Mike, again, I said it earlier, had one of the oddest games maybe of his career. Six receptions for 143 yards in one touchdown. He had an average of 23.8 yards per reception. He also had two absolutely terrible drops. The first drop came... Right at the end of the second quarter, Bucks were trying to uh, piece together another drive before the quarter ended. It was a third down play. If he makes that catch, the Bucks get the first down, and they're like right on the cusp of field goal range with under a minute to go, yeah. but they had all three timeouts. So you essentially can run whatever you want. That one, at least like the defender, I think, got in his line of vision for like a moment, which yeah. I guess you could say could throw him off a little bit. And he was distraught on the sidelines after. Like, the camera kept panning to him. I don't know if you guys were able to see it in in the press box. But Mike was, like, so upset. He had the towel over his head in, like, just complete disgust with himself. The second drop was even worse. Like, just absolutely – both times that Mike dropped the ball, I was, like, at a loss of words. I just could not believe what I was seeing. Now, I should believe it because he's had a number of drops this season – but he's yeah. wide open in the end zone. Yep. And just dropped it. Like so yeah. one of the craziest games of Mike's career because stat wise, it was fantastic. It was one of those yeah. vintage monster games that Mike Evans can right. put up. But those two drops were just awful. Awful. It cost yeah. the Bucks points both times. Well, in the here's the crazy thing, right? So we asked Mike about that drop, and he actually said yeah. in the in the, the the press conference after the game. Um, I was I was thinking too much about which fan I was going to give the ball to, and yeah. I thought, wow, like what what Appreciate an absolutely honesty. yeah honest revealing answer. I mean that that's such a huge like no no right <laughs> like yeah. that's that, that's a rookie mistake that a ten year veteran is making, but he has the cojones to like own up to it and say I'm never going to do that again, right? It's like catch the ball first. Uh, it's like I remember you know uh, when I was coaching pop warner right and you're, you're teaching kids how to catch the ball when they're six seven eight years old whatever it's like you know we would we would have them when they'd make the catch right it's like we'd have them say the word catch it's like catch right and you say it out loud yeah. catch once you say the word catch out loud then you can do something with it right then you can turn and look and see who's around or where you're going to go or which move you're going to make then you can run right how many times have we seen a player you know start running before they've secured the ball and they drop it right and, and it's like like that was like a pop Warner mistake that we saw Mike make. It was hit him right in the hands. There's no one around yeah. him. He's wide open. And he was, he was thinking about which fan am I going to give this ball to, right? Rather than catch. 
It, it, it's one of those, like, you'll see it at times with receiver. A lot of times in college, obviously, because they're still kids. But, like, when a yeah. receiver is on the run and he's thinking yes. about turning up the field, but he exactly. forgot to, forgets to do the first yep. part, which is catch the football. I think that's exactly – I mean, Mike explained it, so we know that's that's what happened. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Mike's got to – <laughs> if Mike starts saying catch, <laughs> I'll laugh my ass off. Yeah. Um. Listen, Mike is the greatest offensive player in, in team history. We love Mike, everything he does for the community and, and yeah. what he's done for the team. He's got to stop the drops because those yeah. two drops right there yeah. are not $20 million season drops. That's right. Like he's They're not gonna... going to get paid more than Chris Godwin with those type of plays. Right. On third down and in the end zone, you know? So, and and again, Mike really played well outside of that. He was wide-ass open, probably more than he ever has been this season. And, um, but yeah, I mean, the the drops, they're a concern now. You want to say, oh, it's Mike, he's great. You know, we we don't expect that to happen. It's happened too many times this season where I don't know if he can get the benefit of the doubt if he's just always going to make the big play. I agree. I mean, he's in a contract year, right? He's in a contract year. You got a ball out in your contract year. You got to focus more than ever, um, and and it, it hasn't been that consistent, steady focus game in game game out like you like to see it. IJ Murray, thank you for the four ninety nine super chat. Says, do you think Davis being out had any impact on this defense today? Uh, this is the best I've seen the secondary play all season. Um, I mean, shout out to Zion for playing well, and Jamel Dean for really picking it yeah. up. Um, I don't I don't know how much of an impact it really had because the style of defense they played is actually better suited for Carlton yeah. Davis. Carlton has very much been on the record about that, that he's a press man type of corner. So no, I, I don't think it had much of an impact. I, I think I don't Carlton obviously had a egregious game against the Texans. I know he's not getting interceptions, but outside of that, I haven't really had too much of an issue with how Carlton has played outside of right. outside of the Houston game. So yeah. I I think that they would have deployed the same type of stuff and probably would have found the, the same amount of success. Yeah. I will say this, you know, this kind of speaks to Christopher Coles here. Got to believe that they can get a win in San Francisco. Um, it, it's, it's about belief, right? It's like, you have to believe that you're going to win and you can, that you can win. And I think this season, if you, if, it, if they were lost today, um, another winnable game, right? Against a three and five opponent, if they would have lost today, then I think the doubt really starts creeping in and you can, you can only hold the locker room together for so long, right? Yeah. At some point in time, the dam's going to break. And here, this team would have been one and four at home today. There, the boo birds would have been out. You would have heard it, right? The lasers would have heard it. Todd Bowles would have heard it, all of that. And, and the fact that they kind of took control of this game in the first half and didn't let go and, and, you know, built on that seven, three lead and, 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 and got a much needed win. It gives them some confidence. Plus two, it, it, whether whether they honestly believe they can win or lose in San Francisco, they look at the rest of their schedule and they say, this thing's not lost. Yeah. Right. Win or lose in San Francisco. If we win, it just furthers our cause. So let's just go out there and try to win. Right. Like, like we have nothing to lose because we have all these division games coming down the pike here right you steal yep. that game in atlanta that they they stole from us here you you end up beating the saints again you sweep them you do what you're supposed to sweep the panthers right and the division's there for the taking so i i think they go out there hey we just won this gosh this feels great we haven't felt this way in over a month mm-hmm. let's go out there and get that feeling again right and, and let's really take advantage of of uh of this being an nfc opponent Let's go out there and shock the world and uh, and see what happens. And, you know, if I'm Todd Bowles, I, I'm I'm saying everyone's thinking we're going to lose the 49ers. So let's go out there and throw the kitchen sink at these guys. Yeah. Let's go down guns a-blazing. And if it's 35-7, to 7, you know what? It was 35-7 last year, and we still won the division. So who cares? But let's go out there and just empty both barrels and have a shootout and just see what the hell happens. And I think this win today gives them that opportunity to do that because there's more buy-in, there's more belief. And the one thing I was talking to Kalaja Kansi in the locker room, he said, everybody, everybody on defense, like what was different about this week versus last week? Everybody on defense said, like, what can I do better? Like, what little more can I give? Because if everybody gives a little more, then it's two guys trying to make a tackle rather than one. It's two guys yep. winning one-on-ones 
and 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 doubling your chances of getting a sack or a quarterback hit rather than one, right? And and, and that's really what it was all about today. It was about everybody on the team playing a little bit better than they did. And when you have eleven guys doing that, it makes a world of difference. Yeah, I I, I love what you said. I think that's a great mentality for this team to have. Like, hey, f it, like let's try anything. Yeah. And win right. because I mean it couldn't it can't really get that much worse than how they played against the 49ers last year. Uh, let's get back right. to that super chat because we didn't we didn't address it. Uh, not IJ. Yeah. Uh, yep. Uh, but what I was gonna say as well is, um, you know, I was watching the Michigan Penn State game on Saturday, and the announcer yeah. said something I thought was great because Mich- uh, Penn State, you know, their offense stinks, yeah. uh, but they tried a couple of different like uh, trick plays and things like that, and the announcer was like. Yeah, well, they pretty much got to try anything because if they lose this game, they're out of, you know, the, the playoff contention. So right. why not just try to do your your craziest stuff in a must-win game? People always think, like, you got to save it for the Super Bowl or whatever because yeah. other teams might see it. But I'd like to see the Bucks do something like that against the 49ers yeah. in the game that they have no business winning. But uh, anyway, let's get back to the Super Chats. Thanks to Meets McGee for this $5 yeah. Super Chat. He says, whatever happens, for God's sake, please no Bill Belichick. I can see that's a Jason Light and Glazers type of pick. Uh, from a media standpoint, I'd absolutely hate having Bill Belichick <laughs> as the head coach because, yeah, I know we get annoyed with like sometimes how Bowles will say the same thing over and over. At least yeah. it's something. Bill Belichick doesn't say anything. So from a right. media standpoint, I'd absolutely hate it. Um, yeah. And I don't know. Is is yeah? Are, are the winning days over for Bill Belichick? We'll see. At some point in time, the game passes everybody. Right. It hasn't passed Andy Reid yet, but he's a, he's probably the, the last guy standing of the old guys that really is is doing things and has their team and Super Bowl contention, et cetera. I might be missing somebody, but Bill Belichick's 71 years old. Right. How much longer is this guy going to coach? Are you going to open yourself to a, a short window where you did with Bruce Arians, where you had Bruce for three years? Right. Now, it worked because of Tom Brady. Yeah. Right. It uh, didn't work with Jameis Winston and Bruce because that Bruce was seven and nine in his first year here. So having Tom Brady helps. Just ask Bill Belichick how much it helped Bill Belichick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> unless Bill Belichick is coming with a younger version of Tom Brady, which he won't be. I, I don't know that that is the, the best fit um, for this Tampa Bay team. And I'm not saying Bill Belichick can't coach. He can but you're seeing with what he's doing up there without a quarterback in New England, and it just has not been the same since Brady left. And, and some of that defensive genius, that mastermind, uh, it, it's not really working now because you don't have the other guy, the equalizer on the other side of the ball, the GOAT, to yeah. keep you in games or win you games uh, on the offensive side. I do wonder if he had like a good quarterback, how that would be like if Bill Belichick was coaching the chiefs, like would the chiefs yeah. have the same amount of success. Right. I mean, Andy, good, Andy good Reed's point. offense is incredible. So, you know, that's more yeah. credit to read. Than the interesting else. thing about Bill Belichick. I want to say every Super Bowl win that he has is. Near- hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price. Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Arrow margin, right? Tom Brady was was only in one blowout Super Bowl, and that was when he was in Tampa Bay, not in any New England. Matter of yep. fact, a lot of those New England Super Bowls came down to uh, the leg of Adam Vinatieri, uh, right, or Guskowski. I mean, it, yeah. th- those guys, as much as anything that Tom Brady did, were really the MVPs because they won so many of those Super Bowls on close, you know, field goals. Yeah, very, very true. Uh, thank you to Andre. Apollinario for this uh, $10 super chat says pewter people always knew SR said it. Matt said it. Give Mike the ball. Canalis finally listened. Thanks guys. Good things happen when Mike Evans gets the football. Sometimes bad things. Sometimes there's drops, but uh, I don't know. Again, I'd rather still keep feeding Mike and eventually he'll make because Mike made up for it. His touchdown today was very reminiscent. I don't know if you remember the Scott, but they, they're the wearing the game. 
Yes, the Rams yeah. game when they wore Rams the pewter yeah. jerseys. Yeah. Immediately when I thought of yeah. when uh when he like bullied his way into mm-hmm. um into the end zone. But yeah, I mean, I thought it I thought it was great. Like I I don't think and Josh and I were talking about this on the pregame show. Is Mike going to be the guy that gets manufactured touches like Tyreek Hill? No. And they have a different right. skill set, so it's not the best example. But I, I just think at times for the Bucks, you can't just say, oh, well, the defense is double teaming Mike. Like, we can't – we just can't get him involved in the game. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I just – I personally, I don't think that's a good enough excuse to get your best player in the game. <laughs> yeah. But – yeah, you know, one guy, and I'm not sure if he was on the most disappointing list because I haven't read it yet. I've been working, <laughs> but um, Jake Camarda, right? Like th- this, Ooh. this was a this was a game where you're going up against the two best punters in the NFL with Ryan Stonehouse, who set the record last year for for highest punting average per season. I think it was like fifty. 55.3, I want to say it was. And he was leading the, the league with like 56.3 this year. And Camarda was like right behind him, like 55.8, something like that coming into the game. Stonehouse averaged 56.8 yards per punt with a 48 net. He had two inside the 20 and one touchback. He had a 62-yarder for the long. Camarda was off today. And I don't know if it was the yeah. head-to-head going up against uh, Stonehouse Some, yeah. where he got – he got a little rattled. I don't know, but only averaged 34.2 yards per kick today with a net of 29.6. Just didn't have the leg today. Had one inside the 20 out of those five punts. And and one, I, I would say it was kind of shanked out of bounds a little bit. Yeah. It's like it, we saw the the official start around the 15-yard line and you know how they walk, they, you know, keep walking, yep. right? When the when the punt goes out of bounds. And it's like he passes the 20, he passes the 25. You're like, holy <laughs> crap, like, like, you know, where did this ball go to bounds? I think it ended up being like the 31 yard line yeah. or something, but just not very good for and he Martin. kicked that he kicked that one at like midfield too. Like it wasn't even yeah, <laughs> he didn't have that far to kick it. And it, yes, yeah, exactly. it still it still was a uh, a shankopotamus. Yeah, not not the best yeah. game for Jake Camarda, but I guess uh when yeah. your defense finally shows up and your offense did enough. Yeah, and I, I guess this happened in the Steelers game. Quan Alexander tore his Achilles. That's, that's uh, terrible. Yeah, that sucks. He uh, he had like a really good bounce back, you know, to his to his career. Yeah, I'd say. And speaking of, of bounce, boy, Derek Carr took a shot to the helmet, and then when he got hit on the ground, his head bounced and hit the the turf mm. uh, there. So I, you have to to wonder if Jameis Winston is going to continue to be the quarterback for the new Orleans saints that could bode well for the Buccaneers because, uh, um, you know, the typical Jameis stat line, two touchdowns, two interceptions, right. Ah, from he, an entertainment standpoint, I just yeah. want to see it. <laughs> he, he helps the other team as much as he helps his own. So, uh, typical Jameis today. And, and that, that bodes well for the, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, as does this current score here. We're about halfway through the third quarter. Uh, 15 to 14, Arizona on top of the Atlanta Falcons. Boy, if the Falcons lose today, they'll be four and six. And uh, that bodes well for Tampa Bay. Um, yeah, and that would be three losses in a row for uh, yeah. for the Falcons, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. they are struggling almost as much as the Bucs are. Exactly. Uh, here's the thing, though. If it, you know, you might be struggling to find a house here in the Tampa Bay area, or you might be struggling to sell the house. Um, it, it's a, it's getting to be a really crazy real estate market, right? The the interest rates are really affecting things. Are up to eight percent now, um, which which makes it a little tough to kind of ne- navigate and negotiate this real estate market. But uh, if you want if you want a guy that has legitimate Pro Bowl ability uh, when it comes to real estate, is this guy right here, Eric Gross and the Eric Gross Group. Uh, gotten to know Eric. He's a tremendous guy. And here's the thing: you're going to want to get to know your realtor because it's it's not going to be a situation where you're going to call Eric or any realtor and say, find me a house. And then all of a sudden, within 24 hours, you've found a house. It takes time. You're going to want to get to know your realtor. And why not start the conversation with, hey, you know, you're a Tampa Bay fan too, right? Yeah, I am. I'm a Peter Report reader, just like you. And and he knows this area. He's a, Eric is a Tampa native. His dad was stationed at McDill Air Force Base. He has done hundreds of real estate transactions in this market. 
And uh, with his team, they have the, the, the market knowledge, the top-notch communication, the commitment to excellence um, that, that's going to set him apart from any other realtor that you decide to call. And he's the official realtor of Peter Report for that reason. So with 85,000 agents, part of the EXP Realty Group, the Eric Gross Group, they can help you sell your house, even if it's out of state. If you're moving to the great state of Florida, come on down. He's going to help you sell your house there and buy a house here. If you're leaving the great state of Florida, he can help you find a house out of state as well and sell your house here in Tampa. Or if you're moving around the great state of Florida, he's got you covered. It's like uh, he's the best guy in zone and man coverage that you're going to find when it comes to to the real estate business. So what I'm going to do is go to his website, housesinfla.com. That's housesinfla.com. Or give Eric a call at 513-907-4271. You can check out his inventory either at housesinfla.com or the Eric Gross Group on Facebook or Instagram. It's Eric Gross Group. So no matter where you are on your home ownership journey, you're going to feel welcome with a new friend that you're going to make in the Eric Gross group. That's Eric Gross himself, the official realtor of Peter Report. Now we got another super chat before we close the show. Thanks to Meets McGee for this $5 super chat who says, I do appreciate that. Todd Bowles listened to his players and it showed today. Can you tell us more about this meeting that the coach and the players had? Yeah, Todd was asked about that um, after, you know, th this game. Um, you know, and, and I think uh, he could have watched the Peter Report podcast the last couple of weeks and probably gotten the same intel, right? Yeah. <laughs> He's saying blitz more, play more man coverage. Uh, but it's using the players in, in, to their strengths. Jamel Dean yes. man coverage. Devin White attacking the line of scrimmage. Uh, going north, south, rather than, uh, or I should say, putting it in drive. How about that? Put it in drive rather than put it in reverse and drop into coverage because he's just not that that great in coverage. Levante is a better dropper in coverage, um, and Devin is better attacking line of scrimmage. You saw that with the tackle for loss. You saw that with uh, with the sack that he had today. Uh, a lot of pressures, and um, that's the whole key is is to you know put your players in the best position to help you win. And, uh, and I think Todd Bowles at times has tried too much. And we've talked about it before, Matt, to disguise this defense's weaknesses. Yes. Rather than play to the strengths. Yes. So sometimes you, you got to say, damn the torpedoes. We're playing to the team's strengths. We're going to trust people that, that know how to do their job and have them do it well. And, and I think that played a, a big role today. So as much as we've criticized Todd Bowles over the last couple of weeks, certainly last week, he, he deserved it. And again, props for deploying those players in the right way. And it showed up today. And hopefully it's lessons learned. And hopefully they can build on this and, and play much better football. Um, and you know what? They got a puncher's chance, man. The 49ers are not invincible. Mm -hmm. They've they had three straight losses this year. Uh, anything goes. I don't think that the Bucs are on their level, but uh, maybe the 49ers don't play to their level. And maybe the Buccaneers play a little over their head and make this interesting next Sunday. We'll see. Yeah, I think you said it perfectly. That's what I was going to say is just that it seems like the past couple of weeks, they worry too much about masking their inefficiencies and their weaknesses yeah. rather than just saying, hey, this is what we do well. This is what we're going to do. And if they, um, you know, if they beat us, then we tip our cap to them uh, in that yeah. situation. And yeah, you know, any given Sunday. The friggin' yeah. Vikings beat the 49ers <laughs> without Justin Jefferson. So, yeah, you know, uh, anything is possible. It's they don't have a zero percent chance of losing that. Right. We can at least say that. Here's the crazy sure. thing. Right. And I knew they were without Justin Jefferson and and they traded Ezra Cleveland um, and they have, you know, Kirk Cousins is out. The Vikings now are six and four. Yeah. And Matt, you said this way back when. Um that's a key NFC win. That's a nice head-to-head -head yep. win because it could come down to playoff berth or playoff positioning. And that week one win over the Minnesota Vikings could come back to help the Buccaneers if they don't win the division, but maybe they're nine and eight and they still get in the playoffs like the nine and eight Seattle Seahawks did last year. Yep. That that head-to-head -head win, because right now it looks like maybe the Detroit Lions are going to win that division, although you know they, they still have to uh you know pad their stats with some more wins but we're seeing the the lions and the and the, the vikings now rising up in the nfc north while the packers are going to pack and the bears yeah, are they, bear. yeah yeah 
But but yeah, it, you know, you made that point weeks ago, and I commend you mm-hmm. for it. It's it's spot on. Thank that you. win still counts for Tampa Bay, and 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 it may come into play in January. We'll see. Uh, if the Vikings and Bucks keep winning, they're you know they, they that game in Week One might come back to help Tampa Bay. Yeah, uh, every game's important. Uh, I know the players say it every single week. Like, oh, like is this a measuring test? Well, we want to win them all, and yeah, that's the yeah. key. But uh, even more important when you beat the NFC teams. Hey guys, if you're not already doing so, please follow us on all of our uh, social media on X. Facebook, Threads, and Instagram, we are at Pewter Report. And then, of course, our YouTube channel is Pewter Report TV. We got the podcast four times a week, including tomorrow for Victory Monday and Roll Call. That'll start at 4. Roll Call goes on at 420. Um, We always have various videos throughout the week from press conferences, things that players and coaches said. We got Pewter Picks and Props. We got uh, the Pewter Pulse that Scott does very often. And so, ton of great stuff uh, on our YouTube channel. Please like and subscribe. To this video, please leave a comment below. That actually really helps our uh, audience grow a lot, and would really uh, appreciate that. A lot of times, we'll uh, you know we'll reply to the comments as well. Obviously, yeah. if it's uh, you know good, nothing with like uh, profanities and, and things yeah. of that nature. But uh, yeah, anyway, please like, follow, subscribe, all that fun stuff. That's going to do it for us on uh, today's show. A Bucks win feels good. It's been a while since yeah. they won. It feels pretty good. And we're going to do it all tomorrow again for a victory Monday. But until then, for Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. And we'll see you tomorrow for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Bucks win. Nice. Peace out. Out. Antoine Winfield got that pick. Finally. All pro.